If you're a fan of fat, then you need to try the F-Bombs. Go to JimmyLovesFBomb.com, enter the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb, and you'll get 20% off of your first order. So what are these F-Bombs? They are nut butters, and they have incredible combinations of coconut and macadamia nut, macadamia nut butter, and my favorite is salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. They also have several oil blends, including the house blend, the MCT oil, as well as coconut oil. If you want your fat on the go, then you need to check out JimmyLovesFBomb.com. And once again, use the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb. You'll get 20% off your first order. JimmyLovesFBomb.com. If you've been around the keto community for any amount of time, you've probably heard about keto coffee, basically coffee blended with MCT oil that's promoted as a ketogenic alternative to carb-heavy breakfasts like cereal, bagels, and oatmeal. And if you love keto coffee, you should definitely try Natural Force Keto Coffee Creamer. It's keto certified and contains C8 and C10 MCTs sourced 100% from organic coconuts. But if you're like me and you really don't drink coffee, you might be feeling a little left out right now. But never fear, despite the name Keto Coffee Creamer is amazing in all sorts of things like iced tea, sparkling water, and my personal favorite, Stevia sodas. I like to add a tablespoon of vanilla Keto Coffee Creamer to Stevia Cream Soda, and let me tell you what, it tastes like an indulgent dessert with absolutely none of the guilt. Keto Coffee Creamer features a special type of MCT oil that can mix instantly into both hot and and iced coffee with just a spoon. So you don't need a blender, shaker, or any special equipment. Just pour, stir, sip, and go. If you're ready to instantly ketofy coffee, tea, sparkling water, and more, now's the time to do it. Head on over to naturalforce.com jimmy for an exclusive offer available only to listeners of this show. Natural Force Keto Coffee Creamer. Today's featured audio is from the 2019 Low Carb Cruise. Head on over to lowcarbcruiseinfo.com to get full details about the May 2020 Low Carb Cruise. Ah, uh, living la vida low carb. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show. Thank you, Jimmy, and thank you for inviting us again. We obviously haven't done anything too wrong because he keeps inviting us back. We were here on this exact cruise just a year ago. It seems like we've been doing this forever, but literally it's just been a year that we've been in the ketoverse. It's so crazy to me. I don't know. How did how do we get here? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm talking about keto and pregnancy, obviously. Um, you can find me on pretty much every form of social media there is. I have a blog, a Facebook page, an Instagram, and a YouTube channel as well. And they're all Nisha loves it, so it's pretty easy to find me. So most of you in here have already went through pregnancy or uh, have went through it recently. So this, some of this doesn't pertain. <laughs> yeah, you're on the same boat. Okay, good, awesome. We're all on the same boat. 
say boom. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the same condition. Yeah. Uh, the condition. A lot of people call pregnancy a condition. That's so funny to me. Well, it does sometimes feel. I call it the nine-month flu. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the point that I'm making with the, it takes a village, these are some of my village, is that even though you may be past that point in your life pregnancy-wise, you probably know someone or have someone in your life who will be going through pregnancy or wants to go through pregnancy, et cetera, et cetera. So this can still apply to your life because I feel like in America, our culture has moved past that village mentality and we're all kind of just on our own and that's not really the best thing uh, i work in labor and delivery most or most of my career specialized in up until a year ago i quit because i went through ivf but what i saw a lot of was we love the mom we love the mom we love the mom until the baby is here and everybody forgets about the mom <laughs> it's, it's all about the baby which yeah i get it the baby's really cute but the mom needs so much support in those following weeks, and we're not giving it to her. And so this is a talk to people who are pregnant or want to get pregnant, but also to the ones of you who need to be supporting the pregnant and postpartum women as well. I reference uh, Lily Nichols' book a lot. It's called Drill Free Pregnancy. She also has one about gestational diabetes. They're both amazing books. If you haven't read that or you're just interested in learning more, it's available on Audible. Which is awesome, because most of us don't have time to read anymore. That's why this one is working on that. <laughs> but Kindle version and paperback. But it's chock full of really good information, so it's a good gift if, if the woman's open to it. Um, so a little history. I was not one of the lucky ones who got uh, pregnant just by switching to keto, because I don't have Picos. And usually the Picos um, women are the ones that see the benefit from going low-carb, keto, carnivore, and then immediately, in the next few months, getting pregnant. I have Hashimoto's and probably some cellular stuff too. So we tried for three years, two years with help, and then the last time with IVF. <coughs> Pregnancy makes you out of breath. Did you know that? <laughs> so um, prior to going through the IVF process, I was keto. Um, when I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I was at the fertility doctor, that's who diagnosed me, and I got put on desiccated thyroid and started the, uh, the keto diet. But in the months, this is, look at my socks. I love Iron Man, so that's what my socks are there. And this is the day that I had the embryo implanted, so that's what I look like, a weirdo. <laughs> but in the months up to this point, I was actually following the baby diet, which is... Uh, a diet that was invented by a really awesome fertility doctor in New York. His name is Dr. Kiltz, uh, K-I-L-T-Z. He doesn't just talk about people who are going through IVF, though. He talks about any kind of woman who is trying to get pregnant, nutrition, and how you need to prepare your body to get pregnant in the best way possible. And what he recommends is this, which is bacon, eggs, butter, beef, and ice cream. He calls it the baby diet. Now, what is this, basically? It's carnivore, actually. Um, the ice cream is homemade ice cream, not just like Ben and Jerry's. You can make it crazy. Basically, it's just heavy cream and egg yolks, a little vanilla, and whatever sweetener that you choose. He's not saying you should eat the ice cream every day, but it's like, oh, you're going through all this crap. Have some ice cream. 
<laughs> but I thought it was very interesting that not only was he promoting keto, but he's promoting carnivore. And his rationale, we, we've done Facebook Live, and I think he's actually worked with Maria as well and done some stuff with her, is that when you eat plants that kind of ferment or they, or they rot and cause inflammation in your gut, your gut sits right on top of your reproductive organs. All that heat messes with it. He has a whole, like, you need to listen to his stuff if you're interested. But basically, he's very, very, like, supportive of keto and carnivore. Women, he had real, real hard issues getting pregnant for years that were coming to him. The minute they changed their diet, they were pregnant. So. And we got pregnant! Yay! Um, on our very first try with IVF, which is fairly rare. Yes. Most people have to try two, three, five, many, many, many times. It's very trying on your body. You go through lots and lots of trauma, and you're pumping hormones that aren't naturally made in your body into your body. It's a rough time. So we're very grateful that we did this on the first try, and I give a lot of that credit to the keto carnivore diet that I was doing because my body was in the best shape it could possibly be in. All my inflammation was gone. My Hashimoto's was in remission. My markers were down. They're still down. And uh, I was having no symptoms whatsoever. Even though I was on hormones, most of the women I was following in the groups were having really bad symptoms, and I wasn't. The only thing I was doing differently was keto carnivore. This is my disclaimer. If you see a woman who you don't know and they are eating something that you think is not bad, are we going to walk up to them and tell them that they're eating something bad? No. no. Because even if you mean well, they're not going to hear you. They're just going to think you're judging them. And they're not open to it at that point anyways. But if someone is interested, absolutely point them in my direction, in Lily's book, Maria, anybody who is trying to support the keto diet with children and pregnancy because there's more and more, thank God, information out there now. If we were back when Dr. Westman had started out and I was talking about this, people would think I was crazy. This would not be something. So we're really, really lucky. I count myself very blessed that I'm pregnant in a time when I know this information because three years ago, I would be eating a lot of crap. And people would be supporting that. Eat what you want. Um, so I had a plan when I got pregnant, and obviously the plan was to eat keto, right? Um, have a plan, but also give yourself a lot of grace because you don't know until you're in your pregnancy trying to be keto how hard that is going to be. Some women can do it, no problem. I was not one of those women. I had a lot of issues, had a lot of food aversions, so... I was stressed out, but I had to come to the conclusion, like, I'm doing the best that I can, and I'm definitely doing better than probably 90% of the women out there who aren't educated in how important nutrition is. Uh, Nurse Jackie said earlier, on the first day, I think no one dies of embarrassment. You just kind of feel like it. Um, it's, that's where the village comes in again. If they know that you are supporting them, you can call them and say, I really want ice cream. What can I do? What's a good alternative? And they can help you because in that moment, you can't think that way. You just want it and you want it now. And when you're in the first trimester, you don't really want to cook either. 
So most of the time in the first trimester, women are having problems with one or two things, or maybe all of these things, which is food aversions and nausea and vomiting, which I have all of the above. Lucky me. So that's what I'm going to talk about most. When you're nauseous, you crave carbs. It's just part of it. It's really annoying. <laughs> did I give in some days? Sure did. But also, I didn't 90% of the time. And so, also in the first trimester, we were traveling a lot with a lot of the keto. We were going to Denver and Utah. And so I was surrounded by people who were also supporting me. So the Fox Hill, I don't know if you know them. You can buy them online. Julie, she's great. She makes these croutons. They're keto-friendly, and they are delicious. And so I ate a whole bag of those. Was that under 20 total carbs? No. <laughs> but was it better than a bag of chips? Yes. And uh, Lily talks in her book about being low-carb when you're pregnant, and she gives a guideline of, I think it's around 75 to 100 or under, which is fairly more than I was used to, but your body is a, is, it deals better with carbs when you're pregnant. It's really weird. She goes into that a lot in her book. Another, I'm not sponsored by Keto Chow, but I talk about them a lot. But if you want to sponsor me, I mean, you know, hit me up. Um, they were also at all of these events, and they kept me hydrated with electrolyte drops. And then also on the days when I was not able to eat protein and wanted something sweet, guess what? Keto Chow shakes are sweet and have protein. So uh, I was really, really lucky to have these options handy and also know about them because I was not eating steak. I couldn't. I would like take a bite, spit it up. I could only eat chicken and we don't really eat a lot of chicken. I couldn't cook the chicken. He had to cook the chicken. It looked disgusting, but I wanted to eat it. Pregnancy is weird. <laughs> so I have a keto chicken nugget recipe on my YouTube channel, which is just chicken breast. And you can make a carnivore with pork panko, which is just crushed pork rinds. Or you can do half pork panko, half almond flour. It's really, really good. And then I use alternative sweet ketchup or brown kitchen ketchup. And I add a lot of salt. Salt is red and salt, obviously. I'm not sponsored by any of these people. I'm just very, I love their stuff. Um, and then for breakfast, usually I would have berries and cream because normally I would eat eggs and bacon, but I couldn't eat any of that. So berries and cream was better than um, Lucky Charms, which is what I wanted to eat. <laughs> And then at night, I would eat um, roasted pistachios. You can do any nuts, but I chose pistachios just because that's what I like. And I would put them in a cast iron skillet with bacon grease, kind of char them a little bit, and then take them out and let them dry. <laughs> She's like, this is sounding really good. <laughs> um, and then put some Redmond's salt on top of it. Let them cool because once they're cool, they're crunchy. Because if you eat them too much, they're too fast, they're chewy, but you really want to. And then you burn your tongue, and it's not as good. So if you let them cool off, they're kind of like a popcorn thing, and so I would eat them while we were watching Game of Thrones or whatever. Supplements. Um, some people make the argument that you don't need supplements if you're eating a proper human diet. And while that is correct, no pregnant woman is measuring, calculating, and, and keeping up with every single thing that she's putting in her body. There's no way unless your spouse has also nothing to do <laughs> and is doing that for you. Most women aren't, and most in, women in the first trimester aren't going to get that through their diet anyway. So I do still support supplementing with a quality prenatal vitamin. you got to be careful. 
before I was real hardcore about this, I was taking prenatals because I was hoping to get pregnant without any help. <laughs> I was taking the gummies. And one day I turned around the label and four grams of carbs in one gummy prenatal vitamin. So it was really weird because it's this big. But once I was more serious, I went to uh, the one-a-day prenatals. They're, they're a capsule. They're not a horse pill. You can actually swallow them. And they have, if you turn around, you want to make sure that it has 100% of the recommended daily allowance on the back, or at least close to most of the things. Most of them don't have enough calcium. You're going to, calcium's not that important, but I do supplement with vitamin D3. Lily talks about in her book that most women are not getting enough vitamin D3 during pregnancy. And actually what they recommend is only 600 international units, and that's low, low, low for just an average person. So... As a pregnant woman, she recommends 4,000. I actually take 5,000. And then I'm also in the sun all the time, too. But you want to make sure you're taking your vitamins on a, uh, with a meal because like, they are absorbed much better if you do it that way. I'm going to phone a friend on the next one. Um, I also take iodine. So there's a lot of studies that talk about increasing your child's brain. And they're um, saying having a brain fart. <laughs> what am I saying here? So, the most common cause of mental retardation in the world is not enough iodine in a pregnant woman's diet. And if it's severe enough, then you, you actually can, the, the baby can be born with a syndrome that has a name. But it, it is theorized, and it makes perfect common sense. That, yeah, okay, you've got enough so that your baby's not mentally challenged, but what if you had gotten a little more? And obviously, we're not advocating too much iodine, but by getting much more than what the uh, USDA recommends, so for regular people, it's 150 micrograms a day, but even they know a pregnant woman needs more. They recommend 190 micrograms a day for pregnant breastfeeding women. And that should be a clue. Oh, it must be more important in pregnant women. Oh, hell yes, it is more important because there are studies in Europe that, that show an IQ increase of 10 points in children with adequate iodine supplementation versus just the minimum. And so it's a huge deal in, in for a, a woman if she wants her baby to have optimal uh, mental health and mental ability, you've got to find sources of iodine or take an iodine supplement while you're pregnant. I think I can't, I can't recommend that strongly enough. So I use Lugol 2% and you can get that on Amazon and it's just a dropper. You put two single drops, not a dropper full, two single drops in whatever you choose. I don't recommend putting it in water. A pregnant woman can taste everything and it tastes horrible. So uh, sometimes I'll put it in um, scrambled eggs if I can eat them or uh, a shot of um, coffee or just a, like a little shot glass. So I know that I'm getting the complete one. Because if I put it in a full glass of anything, I'm like, I'm not a big drinker. So half of, did I get it all? Probably not. So it's just easier to do a shot glass. That way you know you're getting the full dose. Have you been interested in trying the new cutting edge technology of exogenous ketones, but didn't know where to get started? Let me introduce you to Perfect Keto. Visit perfectketo.com slash Jimmy and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto was created by a functional medicine clinician who developed this unique formula for maximum efficacy. It's great tasting and the most affordable exogenous ketone supplement 
treatment you can find that raises blood ketone levels up to 1.5 millimolar to help increase mental focus, boost your energy, and commence fat burning. It does not contain any soy, dairy, gluten, artificial sweeteners, binding agents, or anything that doesn't directly improve your health. The synergistic power of a low-carb, moderate-protein, high-fat, ketogenic diet with Perfect Keto Exogenous Ketones will have your body running optimally. Perfect Keto is available in delicious chocolate sea salt and peaches and cream flavors. Each serving comes with 11.38 grams of high quality beta-hydroxybutyrate for maximum ketone boosting while adding in magnesium, potassium, cocoa, stevia, and vitamin C for extra micronutrition. Again, try Perfect Keto for yourself at perfectketo.com jimmy and be sure to use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto. Uh, Omega-3 fats and fish oil, they're important. DHA is usually in the prenatal vitamin, but you can also get it separately. That's really important, but you can also get DHA from your diet if you're able to. Um, The cold water fish are really good. I eat a lot of anchovies. I'm supposed to be eating roe. He's trying to get me to do that. I don't have a problem. Uh, Roe is just fish eggs. Uh, eggs. So eggs are one of those things where we like to say, you know, we always are like, you don't need panda massage, blah, 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 blah. But when you're pregnant, that's probably one of the times where you should get the best quality meat and eggs that you could find. Because that's if you're not just doing it for you, you're doing it for the baby. It's a very important growth stage, all that good stuff. Now, eggs are even more important than the grass-fed beef because the nutrient density in a pasteurized or a pastured egg from a farm-raised chicken is, like, so different than what you're going to get from whatever your local grocery is. If you can't find them, I know know it's really hard, but I posted a meme today on my Instagram that says people will pay $5 for a Starbucks and then complain about buying $5 eggs that are quality. So just, you know, prioritize things. And at this point, even in the cities, there are farmer's markets where you can find those type of eggs. So just, you know, keep that in mind. (laughs) Cod liver, ew. Um, I was supposed to be doing this as well, but then Danny said that real cod liver is actually pretty tasty, so we're going to try that, but the cod liver oil is like, oh, no, it's like rancid, I can't. Already ordered it. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, okay, okay, good. Uh, probiotics, we go back and forth about the probiotic stuff just because I have been so proactive in my health and what I've been eating for the past few years. Do I need a probiotic at this point? My gut bi- microbiome is pretty healthy right now. It's not going to hurt you to take a probiotic, but, and there's some new research because we used to be like, only get the ones in the refrigerator. But then there's some studies now that have tested people and it's like, they can't tell any difference between the ones in the refrigerator or not. So, you know, just take one if you want to, but I don't think it's one of those. You really need to do that. Did I talk about folate? I think I skipped that. I did, but that's really important. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, your folic acid in your prenatal is great, but really you should supplement with folate, which is the real version of the vitamin. Uh, and there are some studies that say folic acid is absorbed better, but if you're getting a prenatal and you're taking folate, you're getting both anyways. Uh, you should get at least 800 micrograms 
That's what I'm taking. I think some people take 400, but I'd rather take more because I'm over 30. I just want to make sure I'm getting enough. At a certain point, I'll be getting enough from what I'm eating, but the first trimester was no. Electrolytes, QHL again. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, when you're nauseous, you don't want to do anything, much less eat or drink. And I was literally putting the drops right onto my tongue because I couldn't even drink the water. Redmond salt is really good. I would literally put it straight into my mouth. It's pregnancy is really weird. You just do what you can in the in the beginning, and then you do better and better as you go along throughout this. So folate. Sorry, skip that. It's very important. Make sure you get it. Um, also, in the first trimester, a lot of people have problems with um, constipation because of the increase in the progesterone level. I wasn't just making my own progesterone in the beginning. I was also injecting it up until I was 12 weeks pregnant. So I was using Mega Mag Drops or the Calm, which actually tastes pretty good and helps you sleep at night, which you're not sleeping very good at night either. I don't know why my little font is up here so little. That says superfoods. <laughs> um, these are all foods. And you know what's really weird is a lot of these foods in this list are things that traditionally we would be told not to eat during pregnancy, like oysters. I was going to put this picture up here, but the internet really sucks on this boat, so I couldn't. But there's a picture when I was like, I don't know, nine weeks pregnant of me eating oysters and the amount of people who were like freaking out that I was eating oysters was insane <laughs> because I was going to die. Yes. Why are you eating oysters? Oysters, have, that's probably the most healthy thing I was eating in my first trimester was oysters because everything else was just crap. So, but the funny thing is, I made another post right after that, and I was like, if I had posted me eating a slice of pizza, would anybody have said anything? No. They'd be like, oh, honey, it's fine. You're pregnant. Eat what you want. But the minute I was doing something that was against what most of us has been, have been taught for the past hundred years, it was like, oh, my God, don't eat that. It's odd. But I've eaten so many oysters this pregnancy, and they were high in what a zinc, what else? A long list. A long list of really now. Don't be stupid. <laughs> I'm not saying go eat oysters at a place where oysters are like the last thing you should be ordering on menu. But if you're in Florida, yeah. Or if you're at the beach anywhere, Maine, we were just in Connecticut and I ate like twenty-four oysters. And I didn't feel bad about it at all. They were delicious. Raw milk is another thing. We are anti-milk in the keto because it's so high in sugar. But the raw milk that comes from Redmond's. <laughs> so we were in Utah and Redmond's gave us all raw milk. And I'd never had raw milk in my life. It is like a milkshake. It is so good. And apparently the way that it goes into your body and is absorbed is much different than if it came out of the jug from the grocery store. And there's, uh, if you guys read anything from Weston A. Price, he promotes raw milk all the time. It's really good during pregnancy. If you can get a hold of it, it's illegal in some states. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but if you live in Utah, there's some really good. And they actually go through a lot of testing to make sure that it doesn't have any kind of bacteria or anything that's going to make you sick, too. So if you do get it, make sure it's from someone who's reputable. I can't drink bone broth, but it's good for you. <laughs> um, Grass-fed beef is going to be something that I'm trying to work more to get into my diet because I couldn't eat it in the beginning. But uh, the nutrient density of grass-fed beef is just, it's so good. 
<laughs> as my doctor told me about pregnancy. All of these things we've, we've all been told. Um, don't eat deli meat. I've eaten a lot of deli meat. I don't eat raw fish or sushi. I eat a lot of raw fish and sushi. <laughs> don't drink the milk. Don't eat runny eggs. Don't drink caffeine. Don't do keto carnivore. Like all this stuff. The things that you would do in alternate in, in the alternative world if you weren't eating these things are not healthy. And actually the risk that these things are saying is listeria. And you're more likely to get listeria from a salad than from these foods. If you're not being stupid and buying them from, you know, the Quickie Mart. Don't get sushi from the Quickie Mart. But the I mean omega threes from Salmon, raw salmon, that's good stuff. The roe, deli meat is not the greatest thing, but if it's better than the chicken fries from Burger King, you know? But nobody would bat an eye if you were in Burger, you know, Burger King. No caffeine, okay. So this is one of those things that there's a lot of debate about. I am Puerto Rican, we drink coffee. And there's actually no real evidence that supports that caffeine is bad for a pregnant woman. They're just a bunch of stuff that doctors are like, I'm scared to tell you it's okay because I don't want to come back on me. So they tell you like one cup a day. It does cross the placenta, all that good stuff. It's a personal thing. I I, I don't drink a lot of coffee, but I do drink coffee. And uh, women get judged for that more than they get judged for the milkshake, which is really weird. Cravings. So... Depending on if you were keto before you got pregnant, this is going to be complicated. And even if you were keto, because your brain is different when you're pregnant than before. So uh, listen to your body, but don't listen to the stupid part that's telling you to eat the donut as much as you can. Now, another great thing about being where we are right now in this moment in time is there is an alternative version of pretty much everything out there if you wanted a donut maria has a low-carb donut <laughs> recipe there's a low-carb version <laughs> keto version of pretty much everything you could possibly be craving are you gonna cook it though no so this is your job <laughs> <laughs> so make sure that i mean i we i took i <laughs> can't say we I took a lot of time when I wanted to find a partner that to get pregnant with because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't alone in that pregnancy journey. It looks like he's he's on a keto cruise, so good job. <laughs> <laughs> but and and Mara's lucky too because Danny's obviously very supportive. Like the partner is just as important, maybe more important, because there's times when she's not gonna be strong enough to be like Oh, but it's so tasty, Krispy Kreme, you know, and you could be like, babe, remember I made those fat bombs for you in the refrigerator or whatever. It's the partner is important. And that's another thing in our culture that we've kind of lost out on that the man is should be active, but he's kind of active in a weird way now. Like he needs to feed the baby with a bottle, but really that's not your job. You guard the cave while she feeds the baby. That kind of thing. Like, you do have a job, but we're kind of getting twisted around on what that job is these days. So these, these two books are really good. Keto Comfort Foods, that's a Maria book. And then the five-ingredient ketogenic diet cookbook is super easy. So you could hand that to him, and he can make pretty much anything in there because it's not complicated. It's like tacos without the shell and, you know, that kind of easy stuff. 
Okay, so I'm going to get a little bit serious here because I was a labor and delivery nurse and I've seen so many of these complications. And I hope I don't pull them more and start crying, but I might. Um, so we, a lot of people will attack a woman for doing keto. But almost everything on this list can be prevented by eating even just a low-carb diet. Um, so as a nurse, I saw a lot of gestational diabetes, a lot. And those babies, they don't do good because they're used to getting fed sugar, but also getting fed insulin. And so when they are cut off from their mom's insulin supply, what happens? My blood sugar drops. And you know what I do to get that blood sugar back up? Sugar. Just sugar water. And at that point, it's, it's on me, and, but there's nothing else I can do. There's not an alternative to giving that baby sugar because there's nothing else to do. And you rip that baby away from mom in the first hours when it should be skin to skin. And the mom is left by herself. She doesn't know what's going on. She's been told this whole time a gestational diabetic diet that is full of carbs. The provider has put her in a position where she's failing from the second she becomes a mom. And we can prevent that. We can. It's easily prevented. So that baby spends its first five hours with me instead of when it's with its mom. Not only getting sugar shoved down its throat, maybe even an IV that is just sugar water. And it's going up and down, up and down, up and down. And then it gets insulin. It's not okay for this to happen to a brand new baby. If like, and the mom too, they're both victims. Because most moms don't know that what they did was wrong because they were just doing what they were told. Um, same with miscarriages because most moms, just like your daughter, went through miscarriages that probably wouldn't have happened if she had been told the right information early on in pregnancy or trying to get pregnant. So I'm very passionate about this stuff because I've been firsthand witness to trauma that was caused by the system. Okay, take a breath. Uh, coping mechanisms. This is an appropriate slide. Okay, so a lot of the time in pregnancy, women stress. And I used to pick up phone calls at 1 a.m. with the mom saying, this happened, and is that okay? And I would be like, yeah, sure, it's okay, normal, blah, 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 drink some water. But the minute it happens to you when you're in that, it's, oh, it's somehow different. And so... It's, that's where the village comes back in. And you can call someone who has been pregnant before, or your friend there, Cindy, over here, and say, oh my gosh, I think I had a contraction. And like, is that okay? Is that normal? I feel like it's too early. And that village is supporting me. And it's not a stranger on the other end of the phone. It's my friend. Deep breathing exercises. Sometimes those work, and sometimes it's like, really count to 10? That's what you want me to do? <laughs> so when the count to 10 thing doesn't work, Ken and I have learn this thing, we ask ourselves this question, can I fix this? If I can, how do I fix this? But if I can't, I just don't even think about it anymore because there's no sense in worrying about something that I can't do anything about. Just like 
if I have eaten something bad at that point, can I fix this? Can I go back in time? No. But I can make sure that I've prepared the next time a craving hits me and I have something there that's a better alternative. Um, exercising. We go for walks every day together. That's because I was not a fit athlete before I got pregnant. But Mara over here, <laughs> CrossFit while she was pregnant, was that dangerous? Some people would freak out. But no, her body had been already doing that. She was already a fit mom. Her body would be like, why aren't you working out if she stopped? It's completely normal to do the same level of activity that your body is used to doing. And eventually you may want to, you know, ride a bike or something that's still low impact but is getting that, you know, your heart pumping. Yoga is a good one that people, in, when they're pregnant, they just want to do yoga because it actually helps stretch out the ligaments and get you prepared for birth, especially if you're doing a natural birth, which I am scared to death, but we're doing it. Um, so that's really good. And at this point, another great thing about living in the time that we're living in, you can just turn on YouTube and have a yoga class. And there's prenatal yoga classes on YouTube as well. So we're really lucky, even if you live in the middle of nowhere where there isn't a studio, you can just do it in your living room. <laughs> I know, right? That. <laughs> but okay, yeah, that's all. That. Yeah, there's a joke that says, you know, how to win an argument and get pregnant. <laughs> um, so to wrap that up, basically, it does take a village. We are that village. We're that village for people we know and for people that don't know us, especially if you're like Nurse Cindy and I and some of the other influencers in this room. You are talking to people who have no idea who you are, but you can reach someone who may need to hear what you're saying, which is pretty powerful. Um, Facebook is a great place. Now, there are some really stupid people on Facebook. I'm not saying that. But I am in a keto uh, pregnancy group and a keto breastfeeding group, and it's good to see women successfully doing this and saying, I did it, and everything was great. I'm breastfeeding and I'm having a good supply. And when I did it, here's what I did and tips and tricks. It's really nice. Um, if you are planning to breastfeed, this is another village thing. Again, with the with the baby gets here, you just leave mom. Mom is not, especially first time moms, they don't know anything. And you're scared to death. You think you're gonna starve your baby, you don't know what's going on. And in that moment, you need your village to be there for you, not to feed the baby but to help you figure out what's going to work for you because there's like 85 different ways to hold a baby while you breastfeed. And do the dishes. Come do her dishes. Come cook for her. Don't just come and hold the baby because that's not what she needs right then. She needs support. She needs food. She needs um, someone to listen to. I am really stressed out. This is harder than I thought. I haven't slept in three days and I smell really bad. You know, you, a woman needs that kind of support, and that's not the support we're giving her. We're coming in, we're taking a selfie with the baby, and then we're leaving. That's rude. <laughs> it's funny, but it's, you know, it's true. There's so many people who think they're helping, but they're doing the opposite of helping. So if the mom wants to breastfeed, support her, help her if you've done breastfeeding, and if she doesn't, that's fine. Whatever, don't shove it down her throat. But it also be like, hey, this formula has a lot of crap in it, just like your food that you used to eat had a lot of crap in it. And see, I really hope eventually there will be an alternative 
that is made out of real food ingredients and not corn syrup and wheat gluten and soy. That's not okay for the women to have. The only alternative they have is this basically sugar water that's fortified. Like, mm, that's not okay. And although I think breastfeeding is amazing, I do realize at some point some women may need an alternative. The alternative isn't there to be less, like, if you know what you're doing, you're going to beat yourself up so hard because I have to go to formula and I know what's in this and there's nothing I can do about it. Now, there are donor milk programs, but whether or not you have access to that, I guess, depends on the area and you want to make sure it's a reputable donor milk program because, you know, gross. <laughs> you don't know who, where that milk's coming from. That's not okay. But most of the good donor milk programs, they test for all diseases and make sure that everything is okay. So there is that option. Um, I recommend the Anime's Guide to Breastfeeding if you are interested in breastfeeding. That is like one of the best resources out there. She is the guru of all gurus when it comes to birth, postpartum, and she really does the whole like village thing. She's like, this is what you should be doing to support this mom. What, do you, what should you be doing? What are you going to be doing? Guarding the cave, baby. And changing the diapers. Changing the diapers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's me. Um, you can find me everywhere. If anybody has any questions afterward, feel free to come up to me and message me on any of my social media, uh, except for email because I'm horrible at that. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, living the vida loca, this show is changing lives We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore The longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore Time to give up the crappy garbage, we're getting into ketosis Every day is a new step to your goal, yeah you're getting closer Motivated and focused, don't stop just go Time to get inspiration from the living la vida low carb show Hey. The Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo! Disc of